You're listening to Reframed, the Power of Perspective podcast, and I'm your host, Carly Mercoulier. As both a Christian communicator and counselor, I want to equip you with the tools and truths that renew your mind and empower your soul. So as we explore popular topics influencing our perspectives, I want to offer practical techniques for reframing unhealthy thinking patterns and provide step-by-step pathways for emotional and spiritual health. Now, this process of untangling our automatic thoughts and attitudes is not always easy, but thankfully God's word gives us instruction on how to reframe our thoughts and renew our minds, redeeming our perspectives in light of the gospel. It is this framework we will use to dispute discouragement, eliminate emotional reasoning, and empower our pursuit of abundant life. So are you ready? Let's explore our current perspectives, expose the distortions we have come to believe, and grow deeper in our understanding of God's transforming power. Hello, and welcome back to Reframed, the Power Perspective podcast. Today I want to talk about the concept and perspective surrounding this idea of purpose. So have you ever asked yourself, what is my purpose? I think we all have, in some context or another, the idea of pursuing, finding, and obtaining a purpose in life is a phenomenon. It is something that we all seek to find. What I think is interesting is the definition of purpose via the dictionary says that it is an objective, an intention or determination or resolution. And I think this is something we all crave, right? We all crave a intention or determination for something more, for something set in stone, for this idea of success and maybe even stability, etc. You can fill in the blank with whatever your perspective is on this, but it's interesting that as much as we crave purpose in our lives, many of us feel like we don't have it, we lack it, or even worse, we can't grasp it. And so what do we do with this? You know, even within our Christian culture, I think there's been a lot of distortion on what our purpose truly is. So I want to start today's episode with asking you a question. What motivates you? I love this question because I think it gives us so much insight on where we find our purpose and a sense of meaning in our lives. When you think about it, whatever motivates us is the driving force of our lives. It's the underpinning of our endurance, our focus, our determination, and our purpose influences our life choices, giving us direction and a sense of fulfillment. So from the biblical perspective, we are designed for a purpose. So it's only natural when we feel as though we don't have a specific direction in our lives, we experience distress. More specifically, discouragement or even depression symptoms, anxiety, and fear of the future. I don't know about you, but I absolutely have experienced these feelings of distorted belief um, where I have just cried out to the Lord and asked, you know, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? And what is your plan for me? And oftentimes I think there is this challenge when God feels far away and when he feels so silent, we can often get discouraged in believing that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Or in some other ways, I think it's this parallel process of we have a perspective that we think is God's purpose given to us by 
culture or a distorted view of the gospel. And so because of this, we have to really be able to find awareness in our perspectives and utilize some reframing to help ourselves understand what we are believing, whether it's true or not, and how that is impacting the way that we are living our lives. And for many of us, believer or non-believer alike, I think we can see the impact of the distorted view of our purpose and how it's truly, in many ways, crushing us uh, and not allowing us to live abundant lives. And so I want to take a look first at these perspectives. I call them popular perspectives on purpose. And they are detrimental. They're probably the most popular perspectives that we're seeing right now, but they also are challenging and in many ways distorting what God's word is saying. So I want to start first with the world. As we know, uh, we are daily bombarded with finding our meaning and significance in what the world offers us, right? Whether it be fame or financial gain, the followers, culture offers us so many enticing perspectives for what will give us value and worth. Yet, as we know, these particular promises to obtain purpose have fallen so flat, right? We experience so much distress, shame, inadequacy, comparison. We're fighting for value based on our our Instagrams and our social media accounts and our ability to present ourselves as perfect in some contexts. Courtney Martin, she was the author of perfect girls, starving daughters. She said it best. We were told we could do anything. Instead, we heard we had to be everything. And this is exactly how I think our culture has defined our purpose is do it all, be everything, sky's the limit. And there's something that is so quote unquote empowering about this concept. At the same time, it's absolutely unrealistic. Um, And it puts such a pressure on us to pursue a purpose that is unobtainable. And so we constantly are repeating this pattern of not being good enough. In addition to this, we have another unrealistic standard and another uh, compromising perspective. And that's found, unfortunately, in religious culture. Uh, Many of us are quite familiar uh, with the way that even Christian culture has promoted purpose. Yet I would argue that in many ways we have been led astray by sugar-coated sermons and statements that promote purpose as an abstract concept. Much like the world, Christian culture has in many ways pressured our purpose, emphasizing our works over our worship and our service over Christ's sufficiency. Purpose in this context feels obscure and unobtainable, and self-improvement becomes the motivation which is so contrary, right, to the gospel, which says sanctification is only by and through and in Jesus Christ. And we see how much this is impacting our Christian culture today. We are so much more concerned with the way that we work for God that we lack the perspective and the work that has to be done internally, right? We are working towards mission and vision without having any sort of transformation from the inside. And we can lack purpose completely and still be functioning um, with this idea of my purpose is found in my ministry. My purpose is found in my functioning as a believer rather than my purpose is found in being with the Lord. And so um, the final area that I feel like has been 
very much a popular perspective is based on our personalities, right? Um, I believe that individually, our personalities can pressure our perspectives when it comes to where we find our purpose. There is generally three types of personalities that I think most people can identify with. They'll lean towards one or the other. This is not by any means an assessment, um, but it's something that I see kind of people talk about where we say, oh, I'm type A, I'm type B. Um, But these three areas are identified as the performer, the passive natured, and then the perfectionist. And so we see with the perfectionist that purpose is the primary aspect of their identity. So for the perfectionist, which I'm a recovering perfectionist myself, purposelessness can be often viewed as a personal flaw. And I have definitely felt this way. And maybe if you lean towards perfectionism, you have experienced this as well. You know, this perspective of our purpose, when we don't have a purpose, when we don't have a specific direction and meaning and value, um, we can truly believe that we are failing. In contrast, we see how the performer personality prioritizes their goals as their purpose, right? They're self-directed, they're driven, and they can create a sense of purpose around their achievements. But what we know about this as well, if you've ever tried to achieve something and you've placed your purpose in that achievement, it can be suddenly lost, right? When the opportunity becomes a failure or when the opportunity to achieve something is taken away. And so finally, the last personality, the passive personality, um, they may lack intrinsic motivation altogether and they differ very much from the perfectionist or the performer. They search for their purpose is found within the movement uh, of fluctuating feelings. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And this particular personality may experience the waves of purpose coming and going in seasons yet never really finding a foundation for their motivation and thus feeling as though they may at any point miss their true purpose their true calling because they just can't seem to find it somewhere so based on all of these different perspectives uh, these popular beliefs about where we find our purpose and value we can all identify together, you know, different areas in which maybe our own perspectives about our purpose are and have been distorted and not aligning to scripture. You know, a lot of people say to me constantly, you know, why does it, why does it matter, Carly, that I feel my emotions and like, what is the purpose of my emotions? And truly something that I think is so vital is that our emotions are just stress tells us something. And so I do believe that God um, aligns us with emotions so that when we aren't experiencing joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the fruit of God's spirit within us, we can know that something's off. You know, maybe it's a cue for us to realize that, hey, I might not believe, be believing something that's true because I'm feeling distress in this area. And so I want to help us reframe This idea of purpose, this challenging and sometimes maybe all too big question of what our purpose is and bring it to something very, very simple based on scripture. So truth's perspective of purpose is found in three areas. First, it's found in belonging to Christ. Second, it's found in abiding in Christ. And third, it's found in bringing Christ glory. So I want to break these three down 
as we press into what scripture says about our purpose. Number one, belonging to Christ. To understand the foundation of our biblical purpose, we must return to the gospel. One of my pastors says so frequently that we never go beyond the gospel. We just go deeper into it. I think that is such a foundational principle to hold on to, especially when it comes to understanding the foundation of our purpose. And so in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what kind of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. For this was God's purpose for us, that we might know and believe the love that God has for us, 1 John 4, 16. In each of these passages, we are introduced to the fundamental first step in finding our purpose. And that is in the family of God. You know, in Galatians 4, 4 through 7, the apostle Paul talks about our belonging being found through Christ. And he says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God. You see, in believing God's love for us and coming into his belonging, our lives change and our perspectives shift as we come to know who we are in Christ's family. What I think is so powerful about this idea of belonging as the first step of finding our purpose is that, you know, obviously we have different perspectives on family, but when I look at the verbiage of these passages and the love of a fatherly figure, as God is described, we see how he gave his only son in exchange for our reconciliation so that we could be in relationship with him. And Paul put it so beautifully when he says that we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. This value of everlasting life through adoption into God's family is truth's primary purpose for us. God's purpose for you is to be reconciled to him and belong to his family. It is an invitation to a life of meaning, a gift to a greater reward, one which this world can never offer us. So the question is this, do you belong to God's family? Do you belong to Christ? Have you accepted this invitation of belonging and purpose? So secondly, in addition to belonging to Christ, we also find purpose in our abiding in Christ. And here we see this shift of perspective from no longer thinking I have to be better, but instead I have to be nearer to Jesus. In John 15, it says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. (laughs) This passage is such an important aspect 
of identifying the cultivation of our purpose in any context, in any calling that we have, truth's perspective of our purpose begins with being with Jesus. And as we see in this passage, this abiding is what produces fruit in our lives. It produces the motivation, right? It's Christ in us that produces that motivation in us to do the will he has set for us. And the Apostle Paul gives us the most powerful reframe in his words to the church in Philippi about the cost of abiding in Christ. He says, But whatever I gain, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of many things and count them rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings becoming like him in death that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What a way to view our purpose, huh? Paul is basically saying everything we have done apart from Christ to find value, competency, significance, meaning is actually worthless. I mean, I don't know about you, but this truth is hard to read because it challenges me to evaluate what I truly value and my perspective of where I find purpose. We see this interaction played out with Jesus and the rich young ruler in Matthew 19. Jesus engages the young man's efforts to achieve his goodness and value. Yet then Jesus states in verse 21, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young ruler heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. These passages are what we must renew our minds with each and every day, being reminded that our purpose is one of surrender and sacrifice on earth for the sake of eternal inheritance in heaven. And we also see that this belonging and abiding in Christ shifts the way we live in this world today. Jesus says, In Matthew 16, to pick up our crosses and follow him. This is a daily choice to pursue Christ and his purposes over this world. 
to become molded by the truth of his word and cast off anything and everything this world deems valuable for the sake of being with Jesus. This purpose is not popular or painless. Yet in following Christ, we let go of the pressures and the measurements this world has given us to achieve our value and simply lay ourselves down at Jesus' feet, choosing to seek his kingdom above all of our things. So the question that I often ask myself, probably daily, that I encourage you to ask yourself today is, am I abiding in Christ? Is my perspective more focused on the world or on my personal makeup and personality? Or is it truly satisfied with the idea and the value of abiding in Christ and being with Jesus? So the last of these three aspects of truth's perspective and purpose are encompassed in this idea of bringing Christ's glory. And we see how our belonging and our abiding are the accumulation of bringing Christ's glory as we live out our lives, as we be and belong We walk in a worthy manner of the calling to which we have been called to glorify God, knowing that all of this world has to offer is momentary and temporal. We can shift our perspective to what is lasting and eternal. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Paul continues this eternal empowerment in his letter to the Philippians. In chapter 3, he says, Not that I have already obtained it, or that I am perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do know, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is so helpful for us as we press into our purpose to live out the gospel of Christ in our day-to-day lives. So what does this look like specifically for you to glorify God with your life through your belonging and abiding? What does it look like to live on mission for Christ? We see in Colossians 3, Paul encourages us to identify with our new belonging and abiding. He says, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. This is who we are, holy and beloved. And he says, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you have been called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word and deed, 
do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God our Father through him. Verses 12 through 17. Don't be overwhelmed by this list. Because remember, Paul is speaking words of encouragement While learning to daily put on our purpose as God's chosen ones, we are indwelled with the ability to live out our newness in Christ. Ultimately, our purpose is so simplistically captured in Paul's final words of this passage when he says, Do everything, whether word or deed, in the name of Jesus. This might be a new motivation for some of us listening today, and I know it's something that for myself I have to constantly renew my mind with, reframe my perspective that the motivation is not for momentary success and value that is so fleeting from this world, but it's eternal. It's glorifying the one who came and saved me. And you know, our past may be vastly different. Our function and forms, our personalities, our giftings, our callings, but our purpose as Christ's children, they are one and the same. To know Christ and to make him known. So whatever you do, whether you preach or teach or parent, climb corporate ladders, build successful businesses or brands, be a part-time barista, whatever it is, regardless of our profession or our position, our purpose is powerful and our direction is heavenward. So how do we take all of this new information, maybe this new perspective for some of us, and step into it and walk it out? And I think this is where it's helpful to have kind of a process. So I want to encourage you with next steps as we look at what it means to belong, abide, and give God glory. For those of you that maybe would say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know what my motivation is in life. And right now, I I don't even feel as though I have belonging in Christ. The first step in that would be to invite the Lord into that aspect of your life, to accept the gift of belonging in the family of God. And secondly, for those of you that say, maybe, yes, I am a believer in Christ, but I'm still struggling with this idea of purpose and how it functions in my life. Maybe you're working a lot. Maybe you're feeling worn out. I would encourage you to practice abiding in Christ to find purpose. And that looks like maybe setting aside time, maybe Sabbathing for a whole 24-hour period, taking time to be in silence and solitude, listening for God's voice, not just talking to him, right? These times of abiding can be challenging if we're not used to them and they're new rhythms that we may need to start implementing slowly. And finally, maybe you have belonged to Christ for a while and have abided in him for several years, but maybe it's shifting the perspective of what it looks like to bring God glory. I love this analogy that one commentator had. He uses the analogy of unity of life. And so my encouragement to each of us this week would be to step into this idea of this universal principle of purpose as a believer, that it's to bring God glory, our lives, our words, our actions, and that can be done in the most smallest tasks of life. Right? Unity of life does not compartmentalize our life. This is my school life and my family life and my church life. No, it's all together. And I think as we identify 
everything under this umbrella of ambassadorship and belonging to the family of God, abiding and seeking to fill ourselves with the source of goodness and grace, we will be able to experience what Christ talks about when he says, I came and came to bring you abundant life. So may we go belonging, abiding, and bringing Christ's glory today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Reframed, the Power of Perspective podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe and drop a comment. To access more content and to join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, you can visit my website at carlymercoulier.com. The love of God is immeasurable, it's unchanging, it's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.